We're going to talk tonight about the rapture. Last week, we dove into Daniel and some of the end time stuff. Now, I want to say up front, I can be wrong on this. Amen? (laughs) Yes. Okay. And so, I'm going to do my best not to give you anything that, that, that I think. Well, I'm going to do my best only, and, and when I say only, I mean only to give you this right here. And in so doing, I want you to look through these scriptures with me and see what it is that the Bible teaches about rapture, what it is, when it is, why it is, and what should we do about it. Those are the biggest questions that we're going to ask today, okay? And so the one place that we go, and we, I think it is... I don't know what's going on. So the one place that we want to go, if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. And that's where we're going to be um, today. Does anybody need a Bible? Let me ask that. I know you all have it on your phone, but does anybody, you know, maybe not have service or not have your phone or not have a Bible and you need a Bible? Is anybody, because we have, I literally... I could supply everybody in this room with Bibles from my office over there. Everybody's like, Drake, you're so spiritual. Look at your Bibles. I'm like, no, I'm not. They're just uh, people like, here, you need a gift? I guess that's just to my character. We're going to get him something. We're going to get him a Bible. Lord knows he needs it. So, um, anyways, everybody got a Bible? All right. Second Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chapter 4, and then we're going to be in verse 13. Chapter 4, verse 13. Um, would somebody just, before we go into this, because I'm, 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 I'm just, can somebody lead us off with the word prayer? Yeah. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Bill. Lord, Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for filling this this room up with brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. We just ask that your spirit touch each and every one of us and and touch our mind and give us wisdom and touch our our hearts and just give us tremendous love, the same kind of love that you show for us, Lord. Just be with Drake as he leads this Bible study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Once again, my goal was to do the best I can to offer this up on a platter and let you just decide for it what you want to decide for. Okay. So, First Thessalonians chapter four, thirteen. Here it goes. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. All right. So the very first thing that Paul's about to say, what does he say? We want you to 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 to, to guess. He says, we want you to do what? Which one of your translations say, we don't want you to be ignorant about these things? Does anybody say that? All right. So so first thing that Paul is going to say is, look, we want you to know. We don't want you to be ignorant. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm already getting pumped up. But the reason I guess I'm getting pumped up is because so many times when it comes to like things like this or the end times, a lot of people, what do they say? It's like, well, I don't. I just don't know. I don't know what I believe, and it seems like it's hard to understand, and the things that I can't understand, I just, I, I don't know. Paul is saying very clearly, look, we want you to know. We don't want you to be ignorant about these things. And so know 
this, that you cannot be ignorant also. That he's about to walk you through it, and here's what he's going to walk you through that you can be sure of. We want you to know what will happen to the believers who, who, who have died. Now, some, some of yours say um, who have fallen asleep. Does, your, does anybody say fallen asleep? Okay, good. Uh, and who says died? Does anybody say died? Okay, so we're about half and half on that. Um, let, let, let me show you that both mean, that, that both mean the same thing, okay? The, the actual Greek does say fall asleep, all right? Just turn with me really quick. If you want to put a finger right there or something, go with me to John chapter 11, and I'll show you that they mean the same thing. John chapter 11. And go with me to verse 11. So we're going to go to John 11, verse 11. I'm going to read it. It says this. Then he said, this is Jesus speaking, Our friend Lazarus has done what? Has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. So the disciples, verse 12, they were confused. They said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. And then in parentheses it says, for they thought that Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But what did Jesus mean? Jesus meant that he had done what? That, they, that he had died. So we're going to think that, and it's going to be pretty clear in the text, that it's not talking about, okay, dude is taking a nap. No, he's taking a dirt nap and he's dead, all right? That's what it's talking about. I, I, I think we're going to all agree on that. Believers who have, who have died or have fallen asleep. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. All right. So the question on the table is, what happens when you die? Where do you go when you die? So there's a thought that's out there, and here's a thought. It's called soul sleep. Has anybody ever heard of that uh, idea called soul sleep? And here's what, that, here's what the idea is. It's the idea that when you die, it's like you go into a coma or a state of non-existence, and you simply non-exist until Jesus comes back, and then you exist again. You come back to life, and all this other stuff happens, right? Kind of like you were before you were born. You didn't know you were dead. You didn't know you were not alive. You just was in a state of non-existence. That's the thought that it's going to be when you die, all right? So let's look at that, all right? Let's look. If there, is there anybody in the Bible who had that belief? And was there anybody in the Bible who had the opposite belief, meaning that, like, no, when you die, you're going to, be, you're going to go to heaven? Let, let, let's look at that, all right? Go with me to, I think it's in Acts, um, Acts chapter 23. <coughs> Acts 23. So we are answering what happens when you die. And we're trying to look at, is there anybody in the Bible that, that, that we can look to for an example of, hey, I wonder what, some, wonder what these people believe. All right, let's look at verse 7. Verse 7. So something happened, and you can read the context later if you want to, but something happened. And verse 7 said, The thing that happened, this divided the council, the Pharisees against the Sadducees. Now verse 8 is the point that we want to key in on. For the Sadducees, what do they say? That there is no resurrection of the dead. 
or of angels or spirits. But the Pharisees, what do they believe? They believe in all of these. So there was a great uproar. So do you see that in the Bible? So there was the Sadducees who believed, hey, look, there's no resurrection of the dead. And if you want to joke to forever remember that, you can just say they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe that there was a resurrection of the dead. And then the Pharisees, they do believe that there is a resurrection of the dead. And so you see them both in the Bible. But here's the question, okay? If they were both scholars of the Old Testament, how did they come with these two different conclusions? That's what we want to know. If the Sadducees said there's no resurrection of the dead and the Pharisees said yes there is, how did they become to these two different conclusions? And I want to show you. All right, someone go with me. Someone go with me, for example, to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. It's going to be the very last verse in chapter 12. 13, 13 yes. yes. And we're going to read, and here's what it says. Alright. As for you, you go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of days... You will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. So can you see how that's... Can you see where people would get that twist? Oh, okay. So as for Daniel, Daniel's going to go rest. And at the end of days, he's going to get his inheritance. All right? And so th there's one thought. Does that make... It, does at least... Can you see where that would be? I see you going like this. Like you, like, so come on with it. I'm leaving you go ahead. I've mean, I, I never read that verse right there. I've, right. I, but now, I, I do see where you would maybe interpret it. Interpret it that way. That, that's what I, all I, life, I know. Right, that's all I'm asking. I'm just asking, can you see what that would yeah, be? Exactly. All right. So now go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Verse 7. All right, so Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, here's what this says. For then the dust will return to the earth, and the Spirit will return to the God who gave it. All right, so Ecclesiastes, y'all see what that says. Okay, body, bye-bye, you're going to earth. Spirit, where is it going? It's going to heaven. So do you see, and there, we could go through plenty of, of scriptures in the Old Testament. They kind of they jiggle back and forth like this. And so do you see how the Sadducees and the Pharisees could be divided? That's all I want you to get to see. Do you see how they could be divided? All right. And so now the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they are divided vigorously. There is no resurrection from the dead. When you die, soul sleep, bye-bye, you know, good night. And the Pharisees are saying, no, when you die, look, you're going to be with heaven or you're going to, going not, you're going to Sheol is what they would call it. And then onto the scene walks Jesus. Onto the scene walks Jesus. And so what is Jesus going to teach? He's going to give one parable. He's going to give one statement that I want to talk about. 
And then he's going to give one controversy I want us to talk about. And so for the parable, that's the, do y'all know where we're going with this? It's the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Have y'all ever read this story before? All right, well, if, let, let, let's go there, okay? I think the rich man and Lazarus, wherever that be. Luke 16, 19. Um, let's go there. I'll, I'll let you read it because this is probably one of the most important parables for this subject. Luke 16, 19. The parable of the rich man and Lazarus. All right. 16:19 Luke 16:19 Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was, who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores as Lazarus lay there longing for the scraps for the rich man's tables the dog came um, the dogs would come up and lick his open rooms finally the poor man died and what happened do y'all see this and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried. So his body was buried. And guess what? Where did he go? He went to the place of the dead or to Sheol, right? There in the torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tongue of his finger. And it goes on and on and on. And so what does the parable that Jesus is saying talk about? Jesus' parable is saying, hey, no, look, when you die, guess where you're going? You're going one or the other. You're going one or the other. But is there a statement that we can look to that Jesus said? What did Jesus say to the man on the cross? Jesus said to the man on the cross, did he say, in a millennia you'll be with me in paradise? Or he said, today, yeah, exactly. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, what if, I got a good what if for y'all. What if, this would be crazy, but what if a Sadducee, one of those people that didn't believe in the resurrection, what if they confronted Jesus on this topic? What if they had an argument and a debate and we got to look into the scripture and see how this argument went? That be pretty cool right guess what it's in the scripture is that so we're about to see okay if jesus had to handle this one-on-one how did he go so go to your go to your bible's turn to matthew 22 matthew 22 and then go all the way to 23. Let's go there. 22-23. Matthew 22-23. I'm going to go ahead and start reading. It says, That same day Jesus was approached by some Sadducees. Whoa! Religious leaders who say that there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who would carry on the brother's name. Well... Suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children, so his brother married the widow, but then his brother but then the second brother also died and the third brother married her. This continued on to all of uh, to all seven of them. Confusing. Okay, verse twenty seven. Last of all, the woman also died. So here's the question. So therefore, teacher, so tell us whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. So they think that they got Jesus in a trap. They are feeling good about themselves. They're like, I got you. What are you going to say to this? Oh, and Jesus is about to roast them. Verse 29. Jesus replied, 
your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead will rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they are like the angels of heaven. So he answers their question about the marriage. He said, uh, guess what? You don't, you don't even have this much understanding. They're going to be like angels. They're not going to have be given in marriage. And then, where does he go after that? He says, but... I'm about to tackle the bigger issue. You Sadducees don't believe in resurrection. Now he's about to tackle the bigger issue with the Sadducees being that there is no resurrection of the dead. Guess what he's about to say? He says, But now, as to whether there will be the resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the Scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living. He is not the God of the dead. So what is he saying? He says, guess what? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, are they dead? No, 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 no. They're what? They're alive. Our God is the God of the living and not the dead. And so now Jesus is going to bust onto the scene. And he's going to say, okay, I'm teaching that when you die... You either go to one place or the other. But guess what? It's kind of sad. People still didn't get it. People still, they still didn't get it. And so Paul goes to all these synagogues and he begins to preach. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the synagogues are still arguing. They're still mad at each other. Until finally Paul comes on to the scene and he speaks, speaks in all of these synagogues. And guess what? He says, look, I'm so sick and tired of this argument. Let me end it once and for all. And what does he say? I want you to look at this in your Bibles if you want to. Go to, go, go to 2 Corinthians 5, 8. I said, I'm, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. All right, I'm going to read it in my translation, and then if anybody has a different translation, this is, what how, this is how you would memorize it. And so I'll quote that, and then you can raise it. Raise your hand, but here's what my translation reads. Yes, chapter 5, verse 8. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. Now, some of your translations say this, but to, to, uh, to be absent from our body would be then to be present with the Lord. How many of your translations say, say that? I got a couple, couple right here, right here, right here. All right. And so finally when Paul bursts on the scene, what is he going to say? I'm sick of this arguing. Look, y'all, Jesus taught it. I'm telling y'all to be absent with what? The body is to be present with the Lord. All right. Let me give you one last example. This is the last example. Look with me even in the book of Revelation. Of all places where you expect to find this, go with me to Revelation chapter 6. Um, sir? Verse. Verse 9. Yes, sir. I thought you just guessed my verse. I was about to say, whoa, that's impressive. Okay. So it says this. 
Verse 9, Revelation 6, verse 9. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God. So they have already died. But guess where their soul is? Under the altar, wherever that is. But I'm going to guess that you're right in heaven. I'm going to guess you're exactly right. For the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony, they shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little while longer until their full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus Christ, who were to be martyred, had joined them. And so even Revelation is going to say, guess what? Right now, right now in heaven, at, under the altar are those who have given their life for Christ right now. But what's cool about that is, do y'all see how it says souls? Does it say bodies? No. And so what we have to, we'll get to this in just one second, but I want you to know that those souls, guess what they were? John was able to see them, was wasn't he? He saw that they were the, he saw that them there. Not only could he see the souls, so souls can be seen. Apparently, what we we have John talking about, but they were given a white. Oh, do y'all see that? A white. They were given a white robe in verse eleven. Was given to each of them. Now, I'm not saying that they, it doesn't say that they put it on. It doesn't say they wore it as a top coat, but. I would think that if they were, they had to put it on, but nevertheless, they were at least able to be seen and to be given a white robe. Do y'all see that? But but their souls. So this is pretty. This is pretty cool to think about. All right. So we've come all the way around to get to the answer. Hey, what happens when you die? What happens when you die? All these scriptures to say, where do you go when you die? You either go to one of two places. And I think we can be pretty confident that that's what the scripture teaches. Okay, um, But if not, you may have a different opinion. And that's okay. That's okay. We as Christians can have different opinions on something. I'm not going to uh, forsake my friendship or at, at, at all, by any means of the imagination, with someone who thinks differently than I do. Um, I have preachers that would that I admire, that I look up to, who don't agree with me on this, okay? And, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I, what I always encourage is that, hey, look, believe what you believe, study it to the best of your ability. And if you are studying this book, I'm so proud of you. I, like, I can't tell you how like, proud of you I am. If you are opening this and trying to see what it says, even if we have different opinions, I think that's so awesome that you're digging into this book, all right? But, but, but today we've looked at a little bit what happens after you die. But let's keep on going. So we're back to 1 Thessalonians. And we're still in, in, in we're still in chapter four. So it says fourteen. Good question. Thank you. And, and we're kind of going to read right back over with what we just said. But fourteen. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died. All right, so when Jesus comes back, remember, there's already believers in, in heaven right now. Right now, there's believers in heaven. And so when Jesus comes back, right, I, I'm not making this up, it says it, that they will come back with him. 
do you, do you see this in the text? I just want to make sure that you don't think I'm making anything up. That when God will bring back with Him the believers who have already died. Alright, let's keep going. We tell you this directly from the Lord. Verse 15. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet Him ahead of those who have already fallen asleep. Now, yours has fallen asleep. Mine says died, but we've kind of already tried to discuss. I think that probably means they're dead, okay? So they're not going to meet ahead of those who who are already dead. Verse 16, For the Lord Himself will come down from the heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel. Now, let me ask you this. Um, in my understanding, this is just a trivia question if anybody wants bonus points. There are two archangels that I see in Scripture, and, 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 and honestly, there are three. Does anybody know um, who the main two, though, would be? Mike, Michael and Gabriel. And so, Gabriel is never listed as an archangel. Really? I didn't, but, but I didn't has, know that. He has authority, but he's not called an Archangel, I didn't know that. So that would be interesting to look into. So thank you, Mr. Dennis. Yes, I told Mr. Dennis, I was like, I need you to speak up today. Look, he said, no, I'm not. I was like, please, say something. All right, thank you. All right, and there's there's one more that maybe nobody would ever think of in, in, in the Bible, and I, and, and I don't blame you um, for not thinking of this, but the three biggest angels in the Bible would be Michael, Gabriel, and do you know who the other one is that's deceiving uh, angel of light? Yeah, it would be Satan. Did you know that Satan was once an angel fell from heaven? Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? All right. So, but I would say it's going to be one of those two archangels who's going to be coming down right here. And what are they going to do? And with the trumpet God, uh, call of God, first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive will remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then we will be with the Lord forever and ever. So encourage each other with these words. All right. That's, that's a lot. Did, did y'all get what will happen right there? Okay. So at the end of the days, when God comes down, there's going to be an archangel, there's going to be a trumpet blast, and then those who are on earth, who are, who are on earth right now, they will be staying here. Like whenever this happens, they will be staying here. And the bodies will literally come up out of the grave as they're like, okay, well, like, this is pretty cool. And, 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 and that's what it's saying will happen. Now, guess what? I did a Greek word study on this word caught up and the word air. And you know what I found out? I did not expect to find this out, y'all. I really didn't. I was like just kind of digging around and look at what the word caught up. Um, uh, actually, I, look at the, I, I, I looked at the word caught up, I did. But I looked at the word clouds, too, because I thought that was crazy. And then I looked at the word air. And do you know what clouds and air means in the Greek? Y'all aren't going to believe this. It means clouds and air. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh my goodness. And so when Jesus comes back, you're literally going to see bodies like, oh my goodness, that's like that's, that's, that's wild. If you don't believe me, go read the Gospel of Matthew and look at what happens when Jesus rises from the dead. Literally, graves were broken open and bodies of the old saints rose up from the grave and started walking around like, hey, where'd you come from? I don't know. That's wild. So I say all that to say this. There are two options. Hear me really carefully, okay? And Paul's going to tell us which one of these two options are are true. Option number one. We know 
that the souls are already with God in heaven. And so what's going on here is their bodies, they're act like this right here. My, my, not my soul, my actual body is going to come rising from the ground. Unless you think my body would be decayed or maybe it's eaten by a shark. Okay, well, if God can make the world from, ex from nothing, I think, he can, like, I think he can figure that out. I'm just, I think he can figure that out. These new bodies are going to come out of the ground and then we're going to meet those spirit with the body. We're going to meet those there. That's one interpretation, okay? And Paul's going to tell us which one of these are right. The second interpretation is this, is that hey, when it says that the, the ones who have already, uh, the ones who have already met, they like don't be ignorant of this I'll read it exactly don't be ignorant of this that when the Lord returns he will not meet that, that okay we who are still living will um, when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have already died for the Lord and it goes on to this so option number two is this idea to say hey look if someone dies in 1920 or 1975 and somebody dies in the year 2000 Who's going to get to see the Lord first? I would say probably the, it would make sense the one who died in 1975 and already got to be with the Lord. Now, let's say that the rapture happens in 2050. So the person that died in 1975 has already been with Jesus. The person in 2000 has already been with Jesus. But if we're still living in 2050, well, A, people be calling us Methuselah. But besides that, guess what? We would be able to look at, at, at Jesus and say, hey, y'all got to meet Jesus 50 more years ahead of when we got to meet Jesus. Does that make sense? Does that, does, are y'all registering with that? So who, guess what? If, 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 if Jeremy was to die today and I was to die tomorrow, who would get to meet Jesus first? Uh, Jeremy? Jeremy. Okay, well, let's say the rapture came on, what's today, Wednesday? On Friday, who would get to meet Jesus first? Me, Jeremy, or y'all? Us, yeah, us, right? Because today, tomorrow, yeah, y'all, yeah, we would get to meet Jesus first, right? Okay, so which one is true? Which one is true? Is it true that hey, the people who have died first, they get to meet Christ first? Is that what Paul's talking about, or is he talking about hey, look, the bodies are coming? I, I, I want to get, I want to get their body. Which one is it? Pa oh, I love the Bible, y'all. Paul's gonna tell us. Paul's gonna tell us what he's talking about. First text that he's going to say in Romans eight. Well, let's turn to it because once again, I don't want I don't want me quoting everything. Let's go to Romans eight. You can see this for yourself. This is awesome. Verse nineteen. Those are always great questions because I'm always like I don't know. There's like what? Where do I start? I don't know. I just want to start everywhere. But yeah, let's just go nineteen. All right, Romans 8, 19, it says, For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against this will all creation was subject to God's curse, but with eager hope the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in the glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believers also groan, even though, I mean, like, like do you, don't you groan sometimes, aren't Aren't sometimes you're like, oh man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just tired today. I'm just so, I'm sorry today. He says, yeah, absolutely, we all gone. Even though we already have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of our future glory. And then what does he say? He says, for we long 
For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and from suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as adopted children, including what? The new bodies that he has promised to us. And so Paul is right off the bat, he's going to say, hey, 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 guess what you have? In, in your future, you have a new body that's going to be promised to you. Now, does that make a whole lot of sense? That's still kind of, uh, uh, that, that, that's still a little bit confusing. It's like, okay, thanks, God. Like, we know that we got a new body. It's going to be promised to us. What, what does that mean? And so Paul's going to say, okay, okay, fine. I'll give you, I, 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 that, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Let me give you one more, something that you can turn to. 1 Corinthians 15. This is going to sum it up for us. 1 Corinthians 15. Great question. I'm going to go with, um, oh man, our earthly bodies. Mm. Let's just go with 35. Let's just read it. Let's just read it. Man, y'all just try not to jump out of your seats with joy over this what we're about to read. Okay, just hold it in. It says this. 1 Corinthians 15, 35. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? So he's all, he already gets into it. He says, hey, look, we're about to speak about the end times, the resurrection. What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant, uh, into a plant unless it dies first. And what you must put into the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wanted to have a different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, however you say that word, that's always, I, I can't say it. But there are different kinds of flesh. One kind for humans, another for animals, and another for birds, and another for fish. Verse 40, there are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, the moon and the stars have another kind of glory, and even the stars differ from each other in their glory. All right, so here's his point, verse 42. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted into the ground when we die. But they will be raised to live forever. <laughs> Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. So what comes first? is the natural body. So what you have right now, that's come first. That's your natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I am saying, so he says, okay, that may be confusing. Does that confuse anybody? He said, that may confuse you. That's fine. What I am saying there, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So, your body, this body right here, it cannot go to heaven. It cannot happen. 
Well, I'm not even going to say heaven because that doesn't say heaven. It cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It can't go to the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so here's what he's going to say. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. We already talked about that trumpet with our archangel and everything. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died, what will happen? They will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death, where is your sting? Oh my goodness, y'all. Oh my goodness. Do y'all see that? So what Paul is conveying is that, yes, those bodies at the end times, they will come up out of the ground. But guess what? They're going to be like, go ahead, transform. Yes, exactly. They're going to be changed. And what are they going to be changed into? The new spiritual bodies that are going to last forever. And so hear this. We have a soul that's in heaven. We have a body that's got to be resurrected, our new spiritual bodies. Now, if you're on earth when the rapture happens... What are you seeing when you see all these new bodies? You're seeing the transformed bodies that the believers are about to get. And then, guess what? Because what happened to you? Your body's going to be transformed too. And then you're going to get a spiritual body. Now hear me really carefully. So which one is it? Is Paul talking about option A? It's going to be a new body. That's what he's talking about. Or is he talking about two? Hey, look, if you die in 1975, you're going to see Jesus before he's talking. Does anybody know what I'm going to say? It's a trick question. Which one of those are true? Both are true. Both are true. We're going to see if we die, we're going to see Jesus before, but will we see him in our bodies, our new spiritual bodies, or will our soul meet Jesus? Our soul is going to meet Jesus. And our bodies will still be, they will bury your body. They will bury my body. They will bury your body. But the hope is that in the last times when this is going to happen, our broken bodies will be raised back to life and that Jesus is going to transform those bodies into a new spiritual body. And so that when he comes down, and we'll get to this in a second. Let, let, let's look at the scripture because I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. First Thessalonians. I don't go anywhere fast. Um, I'll find it eventually. First Thessalonians. Back to First Thessalonians. Alright, First Thessalonians, chapter four. I I I, I hate I, I don't like time, y'all. Like I could preach till nine o'clock, okay? Like oh man, yeah, I, I can't but but I want to. Uh, gosh. Okay, all right, it's okay. I'll cry later. All right. What does it end by saying? It says, first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. And so their, their bodies are going to come up. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, they, we will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we'll, we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Excuse me. With these words. Okay. Um, here, let, let, let me make a confession, okay? Um, when, when, when I was 
when I was um, intentionally doing this sermon, I wanted to talk about what the rapture was, when it's going to happen, and why in the world does it matter. You know what we have covered today? And it's okay. That's fine. That, that's perfectly fine. But do you know what we have talked about today? We talked about what it was. That's, that's as far as we got. I'm so sorry. We've talked, we've gotten, okay, it, we, we hear this word rapture. Um, by the way, rapture is a Latin word. It's the, the idea when it says caught up. Called up, that word in the Latin is rapture, actually rapturo, and that's where we get the idea, okay, rapture, so that's what it means, like, we're going to be caught up, what, what's going on, caught up in the air, caught up in the clouds, so we've talked about what it is, what that is, is that when Jesus comes back, guess what, the bodies from the graves, they will rise up, they're going to start in a transformed body, they're going to come up, and then boom, we're going to go meet Jesus in the air, what we have not talked about is, okay, when is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? And then thirdly, why in the world does it matter? Why in the world does it matter? I wish that I could speak on this Sunday, but I already have a Sunday sermon and I have to give it um, because if I don't, the Lord may strike me dead and I don't want to die. But all that to say is um, we will come back to this talk. Okay, I hope to come back to it sooner than later. All right. Um, but like I said, Mr. Steve Earl, he's coming next Wednesday. He's going to do a great job. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to pray that the Lord may, may, may give him a toothache where he can't come next Wednesday. I don't know, you know. I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh, all, all, all that to say is thank you all for listening. Um, I, 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 like, I'm so excited to go where we go next. But um, we'll have to call it a day for now. Pray. Um, whoever closes out in prayer, pray for our youth. We're about to go and have a cool time with our youth. Um, get to speak to them, um, speak into their lives. Um, it's a bunch of the guys meeting, and we're actually going to Austin's house, kind of right around Austin's house. And um, we got some food for them, and we're going to go and have a good time. Um, and so I think they're here now, um, probably somewhere running around. So I'll have to get to them. And um, would somebody close out in a word of prayer? All right, Mr. Hutch. Father, we're all thankful for this time of looking at your word, seeing what it has to say, and we pray that we will understand it, that we will apply it to our thoughts, our lives, and it all becomes more important to us. We thank you for Brother Drake and his enthusiasm and passion for your word and preaching and teaching. We're thankful for him, thankful for Kathy. We ask now to be with Brother Drake as he meets with our youth and uh, continues to teach them like he teaches us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.